What do you think is the greatest benefit to writing and putting out books? You write a book because you're passionate about the subject, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, either inspire somebody like just your, their imagination. That's the fiction people. I'm not a fiction writer, but nonfiction, I just want to share my knowledge with other people, inspire them and where they take it. Like I said, what makes me feel the best is when somebody comes up to me and my book is marked up. And even if they have comments about it, that's fine. I mean, just the fact that they're using my book, reading it, and it, they've done something with it really fills me up. There's a place in Southern Oregon filled with gorgeous natural beauty, friendly yet independent people, and a mild, comfortable climate. That place is called Grants Pass. These are the stories of the people that live and work in Josephine County. These are the movers and shakers that make this place the best. This is Grants Pass VIP. Janice Cox is an expert on the topic of natural beauty and making your own cosmetic products with simple kitchen and garden ingredients. She's the author of three best-selling books on the topic, Natural Beauty at Home, Natural Beauty for All Seasons, and Natural Beauty from the Garden. She is currently the beauty editor for Herb Quarterly Magazine and a member of the editorial advisory board for Mother Earth Living Magazine. She lives in Medford, Oregon with her husband. She's a member of the Herb Society of America, International Herb Association, United States Lavender Growers Association, Oregon Lavender Association, and Garden Communicators International. Janice Cox, welcome to Grants Pass VIP. Thank you, Brian. It's nice to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you on. Just for a little bit of background for everybody, Janice was on an episode of my other podcast, Off the Grid Biz Podcast. She was on that last year for some of her earlier books and for the, her speaking schedule that she had with the Mother Earth News Fair. So I'm, I'm happy to have her back here. Her latest book is Beautiful Lavender. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it, Janice? Well, yes, that's right. I talked to you last time at, about the fair we had up in Albany, and you even made it up there to the fair, which was great. I like that. Yeah. But this year, um, so I did at that fair, and I think you even came to it, I used to give a talk all about lavender and growing lavender and using lavender and just enjoying lavender. So out of that talk came this book, or it's more of real, actually written more workbook style, because that's kind of um, what I like is when people come up to me with my books, which are written cookbook style and they're all written up and people make notes in the margins or have swapped out ingredients and really made it their own. I wanted to incorporate that in this new series of books. I wrote one on loofah and then this one is all about lavender and so there are pages that you can actually write on, make notes, so all your information stays in the same place. If you bought a plant at a nursery and you just loved it and you want to remember the variety and you want to remember the address of the nursery, you can put it in the book. Or if you've changed one of my uh, recipes around for shortbread cookies, you can make notes there. So we call it, it's a book, but it's also a workbook. That's kind of the new thing now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The subtitle is a guide and workbook for growing, using, and enjoying lavender. So this is everything from A to Z when it comes to lavender, which is amazing because, I mean, it goes through the history. I mean, I'm not sure how many of you had ever heard that when they discovered King Tut's tomb, they <laughs> opened it up and it smelled like lavender immediately. It's amazing how something like that would last that long. Shows how important an herb it was because to be in a king's tomb, Absolutely. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. And it mentioned, you know, Queen Elizabeth I loved lavender and just everything from the history to 
how you can grow it and the different varieties. And you've even got a, a great map here for the hardiness uh, zone uh, for the U.S. to kind of give an idea of where a person would be able to grow what types. And I, I mean, it just goes on and on. There's, there's so much here and uses and you're, you still include the, the, the whole thing is not a cookbook. You have a number of recipes available in it. So that's, that's really great stuff. What drew you to lavender in the first place? I've always loved lavender. I have it in my own yard, but lavender has probably never been more popular than it is right now, especially with what we're going through. I've, all the lavender farms are doing really well because their sales of product and lavender and oils have almost tripled because the best known, there's like, I think over a hundred uses for lavender. It's a very versatile herb, but probably the most well-known is for its treatment of anxiety. <laughs> and so, it, and it's calming and relaxing scent. People that are stressed out, you know, uh, using lavender products or um, smelling lavender, even just walking out and looking at some lavender, it really calms you down. In fact, I even, to prove this, I kind of went to the grocery store, oh, before the book came out and I walked up and down every aisle and I knew I would find lavender in maybe body care products, but I didn't realize how many other products feature lavender now. And I almost filled the whole shopping cart. We won't tell my husband how much I spent on it, but I had cat litter, I had laundry detergent, I had beer, I had sodas, I had teas. I mean, not just a cream and a lotion and a bar of soap. I mean, lavender really is out there because a lot of people, uh, and if we're lucky here in Southern Oregon. We have some really amazing lavender farms very close by that are open and you can go visit and take a class, you know, experience the plant and just see how they're growing and uh, buy some of their products. Absolutely. And you sent me this map and great pamphlet, the Oregon Lavender Destinations. Uh, which you can find at OregonLavenderDestinations.com. This is put out by the Oregon Lavender Association. Is that right? That's correct. The Oregon Lavender Association. And you don't have to be a lavender farmer to be a member. Anybody that just wants to learn more about lavender or enjoys it can uh, join. They have different levels of membership. I think I'm considered a friend of lavender. And they also have all the way up to lavender farmers. But um, it's you get their newsletter, you get recipes, and these maps. Now, the maps are available at a lot of tourist locations at the visitor center. Some hotels have them. You know, uh, nowadays, it's kind of harder to find those brochure kiosks. We just went to a, oh, a state park and they had them behind plexiglass and you had to talk to the ranger to get one because they don't want people touching them. Oh, right? yeah, because of, because of COVID and everything. Right. The, COVID has kind of changed everything, but, it, but it's increased lavender's popularity. <laughs> Has it really? Wow, that's cool. Yeah, because it's also antibacterial. So a lot of people that are cleaning their house, there's I have recipes in there for a natural household cleaner, but because people are cleaning their house more, they also want a natural scent and they want natural products. And, and lavender is antibacterial and will help clean your not just your body, but also your house. <laughs> Absolutely. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about how has COVID affected you in your activities in your life? You know, actually... It's changed the way I've done business, I guess, since this is a business podcast. Yeah. I was going out face-to-face -face with people and running workshop, hands-on workshops, um, and that has all changed. Everything's gone to the virtual world. I've had to kind of become more tech savvy. I even set up a little uh, 
video shoot in my backyard and my daughter was the cameraman and we did some we instead of doing the workshops live we record them because the mother Earth nerves fair now has gone virtual so you can if you go on their site you can buy a ticket the ticket used to be if you went to the fair twenty dollars well that's the same price but you now can have access to maybe uh, I think it's like 56 videos now are up there. So all the speakers have kind of gone ahead and either done their presentation online, you know, like a PowerPoint, or they've recorded new things out in their yard or out in their, on their homestead. So the amount of content virtually has really gone up. Also, you know, I, I've always written articles that has people have had an interest in more, you know, online articles. So, because I think people are just home more and they're looking for content. They're looking for things to watch and they're looking for things to do. So they're, you know, people are cooking more, crafting more, gardening more. So that's all a good thing for me. <laughs> and then also I've had both my daughters move back home. So that's kind of another COVID bonus. <laughs> and all, all during this time period. Wow. That's great. What brought you to the Rogue Valley? I remember one time you were telling me you were living, you'd lived in Australia. What brought you to living in this area of the world? Well, actually, I'm from Southern Oregon. I grew up in Klamath Falls. So left and, you know, went, lived a lot of different places around the country. And then right before we moved back to Southern Oregon, uh, we did live in Australia. My youngest daughter was born there. My husband had an opportunity. And that's actually where I really got into making my own body care products. It was a little bit out of cost savings and then out of necessity. I just couldn't find things that I was used to using. You know, today, the cost savings is always a good thing, but it's also lifestyle choice. A lot of people want to use natural things and they're concerned with what they're using on their skin, hair, and their body. So I took all the, the things that I made and put them into a cookbook when we moved back to Medford. And that became my first book, Natural Beauty at Home, which was back in, I think, 1993. So it's been out there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Not to date myself or anything, but. No, that's great. What keeps you going with all of this? Well, I haven't really changed. My interest has always been the cook, the crafting and making my own body care products and the natural skincare, hair care. And that's really what I've built my, I guess, career on. It shifts a little bit every now and then. What maybe I used to do a lot of magazine work is now more online work. I do more speaking now that my children are grown and out of the house when they're little. It, I really didn't want to leave the house as much. So, but the mission is still the same. I love sharing my passion for a lack of a better word of, you know, net, making my own skin and hair care products. In fact, I was just asked, there's a, an herb company up in Eugene Mountain Rose Herbs, who I love all their products. And we're going to go ahead and do some videos in the fall. Uh, and so you might have to have me back on. And I can tell you more about that, but we're going to do some videos. And that's really kind of my direction now. So I kind of think good comes from all things. Right now, uh, it's maybe hard to see that. Some people are seeing that. But I think the skills that we're getting through this and the, the amount of ways that we're reaching people is different. Even the fair, people were really kind of down on doing away with the Mother Earth Living Fair, but more people are able to watch it now 
in different locations. We only had maybe six locations and now it's opened it up to the world because we even have international viewers. So that is kind of a good thing. And there's a cost savings. I just went to a conference and people really liked having a virtual conference because they didn't have the travel costs and they also could still be at home and do their job and with their family. There's still not something to be said for face to face. So I'm not going to say that the whole virtual world is a wonderful place. You know, I think it's because uh, I still, I'd rather be up here face to face with you. <laughs> and so, and I would rather doing my workshops and really, you know, getting my hands dirty with, not dirty, maybe clean, I should say, because we're making bath bombs and things with um, people. But, um, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. I do like curbside pickup. I hope that stays. Where you <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of neat advantages that have kind of been pushed forward through this technology or otherwise. So you're doing well with the with all the technology dealing with um, online video and all these other things that are coming along? I don't know if I'm doing well, but I'm learning. I mean, I've learned to uh, shift my desk away from the window. <laughs> and, I've, and I went and bought a curbside pickup at Best Buy and got a microphone. So I have learned things. But um, yeah, so I think it's just, you're always learning, growing, right, changing. So that's the thing. I think if anything, it's taught us all to be kind of more flexible, because that's where a lot of the anxiety or the use of lavender is coming from is people just the unknown. Absolutely. I do feel for businesses. We just, you know, as I, I haven't traveled a lot. This is the year where we're kind of just staying close to home or going in the state of Oregon. But, and summer's a good time because restaurant owners, things like that have kind of figured out how to feed people outside. But hopefully this changes soon because it's a big expense for people having to change their, you know, just the way they do business. Yeah, no, that's, that's very true. Okay, let's take a break from that conversation. I wanted to bring up a question for you. During these crazy times, do you feel like your business is indestructible? Most people don't. And if not, the real question is why? And what can you do to make it as indestructible as possible? Well, that's the basis of my new book, Nine Ways to Amazon Proof Your Business. Let me talk about what we discussed in chapter six, the sixth way, which is to offer ongoing. What does that mean? Well, what it means is don't just have products that are one-time uses. Find a way to offer some type of ongoing value to your clients. Even if you can't offer it yourself, even if you don't specifically offer a service that goes on and on, Find someone else who does and team up with them. Find a way to turn what you do into some form of subscription or membership and get your stuff out there more often. Allow them a chance to get to know, like, and trust you via a product or service. This is a way that you can completely take Amazon's idea and twist it into something directly for your own. Amazon Prime's a major deal in the success behind Amazon.com. You can get it to work for you, even if you just work on a local level. But I also have eight other ways to Amazon-proof your business. Basically, the idea of making it competition-proof to even someone as big as Amazon.com. So if you'd like to get your hands on a free copy of my book, go to AmazonProofBook.com. Sign up and you will get a free copy and get the chance to purchase a physical copy of it for a special price. In addition to that, if you happen to be in the Josephine County area or nearby and you're looking to have a speaker come and 
discuss these type of issues with your organization, club, or group of friends, then I have a limited calendar that I may be able to fit you into. Go check out brianjpombo.com slash speaking and fill out the application. We'll be sure and get back to you on that. And now let's get back to our show. Have you seen, you mentioned other businesses. Have you seen anybody that you've inspired, not to toot your own horn, but being that you're encouraging so many people to do their own thing, have, have you seen the other people go out and, and start their own businesses or other, or other things off of just some of the, the simple ideas that you've put out there? Yes, definitely I have. And this year with the Lavender book, because it came out at the start of all this, and it's a really good price point, and we have a really good wholesale price. So I've had a lot of lavender farms and nurseries across the country order it and, and are selling it. One, we use it at the fair as a handout. So when you purchase a workshop, you also get this uh, as a handout. Well, you know, I don't necessarily have to teach it. Somebody on the farm could also teach this and offer it as a handout. So it's kind of a value added. Or um, it also sells products because people need lavender to make the the crafts or the recipes in the book. But I have seen, I just went to my daughter and I this morning before I did your podcast, we went out to a really cute little uh, farm where the girl now has made an Airbnb. And then also she had a sunflower field where, you know, she's booking. So you ha you have to make an appointment, but people are going out there and they are taking photos and you can pick sunflowers and you get a bucket. And I've seen a lot more people doing like, one-offs like you make an appointment so you have this experience and you know the lavender farms are doing that where maybe they have small groups and they're socially distanced but they're making a wreath or they're making body care products and so you know i don't know if i personally have inspired it but i know that people that have my books are making products and either selling them as kind of a cottage industry or using them to sell their own produce products, etc. Does that oh, make that, sense? That, yeah, yeah, that's a great thing to know and see. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah I do see a lot more of these pop-up. Like even my girlfriend had a pop-up art gallery and she put it out on her street and she sold out like the first day. She had made all these, because she's been not leaving her house. She made all this art, put it out in front of her house and her pop-up art gallery, she, I said to her, you know, she, she should have an opening or something. She was going to do it, like, but she didn't really want to encourage gathering outside in the street. But, yeah, it was, she, I think she's done it three times now with her art. Wow. Yeah. But these pop-up, you see a lot of the little pop-up shops. I have another friend that does it. She lines her driveway with flowers that she cuts in her yard and then, you know, people can come by and, you know, some people just are sharing it out of kindness to kind of boost everybody up and other people are asking for donations or, or selling it. So yeah, pop-ups are out there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, have you seen any pop-ups in your area? Yeah, I, I mainly I see things online. So I'm out in the country, so I don't see too much <laughs> unless I head into town, but I see people advertising them all over the place. It's really cool to see people doing anything they can just to be able to get by. It's, it's, it's really great. Right. I think that that's a thing is a lot of these businesses, because they can't have people inside. Like I just went to, like, we're pretty good in Oregon, but you know, I just went to Pennsylvania with my daughter because we had to put all her stuff in storage and you can't go inside anywhere. Right. So, I mean, everything's out in the sidewalk, out in the street and you're really, you know, maybe a, a, you used to be able to get 100 people in your restaurant. Now you can maybe put 20 out on the sidewalk. 
Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, and I don't, you know, so hopefully this is over by winter because nobody's going to want to be out there and <laughs> absolutely on the sidewalk. Yeah, in this weather for sure. Yeah. Is this your fifth book that you've come yes, out with? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah fifth so book. it's your fifth book. So what can you tell other people about what the process is in writing books and, and how, how has that changed for you over time? I think actually writing books is probably easier than it, in some ways it's easier because you, there's so much self-publishing and small publishers out there. When I first started, I had a, a New York publisher. And so that was great because they have great distribution and they had good marketing, but I had very little control. I mean, I basically sent everything in and then I was sent back my book, which was great. So I loved it. And I'm not going <laughs> to, I love my publisher. But then now these smaller publishers, I think you're more involved, even beautiful lavender, most of the photos I took myself. And so it's more bare bones, but you have more creative input. And you also have more marketing input. Like I can, you know, if I want to put things out there or create my own website or my Instagram account and do some special promotions, I have the flexibility to do that. But you can write, I have friends that do everything themselves, you know, self-publish it. And then that you take on a little bit more financial responsibility, but you also get more financial reward. So it's kind of, you know, risk reward type thing, you know, a big publisher is taking all the risks. So you're not going to get as uh, much per book. It's all good. I mean, I, I see a lot of books out there. People keep thinking books are going to go away. I don't think so, but they have evolved. Even this workbook style is a new way of doing a book that people really like. It's an affordable price point. I think right now, if full retail is $17.99 and, you know, and that's a good price for a book, you know, Absolutely. That's really a great concept. What do you think is the greatest benefit to writing and putting out books? You write a book because you're passionate about the subject, whether it's nonfiction or fiction. You know, you just, you really are so passionate about the subject that you want to share it with the world and you want to inspire other people and you want to educate. I think a lot of writers are, you know, infotainment or, you know, entertainers. You want to either inspire somebody like just your their imagination that's the fiction people i'm not a fiction writer but nonfiction. i just want to share my knowledge with other people inspire them and where they take it like i said what makes me feel the best is when somebody comes up to me and my book is marked up and even if they have comments about it that's fine i mean just the fact that they're using my book reading it and it, they've done something with it really fills me up. So I think that's when you're writing books, you just have this want to share things. And then the benefit is getting that back, realizing that you have sh shared something with the world and people want to read it. <laughs> no, that's fabulous. That's fabulous. And it, it so fits you because I remember you saying last time before this book had even come out, you had said that you love when people come back and it's all tattered and it's got uh, scribblings <laughs> in it and everything. And so you came out with a workbook. It's like you're encouraging people to do that. That's great. Yeah, because I do say that all the time so that I really do believe that. I started out, I think, you know, there was a side of me, I was at home, I had this knowledge, and I did want the flexibility of being a stay-at-home mom. So I wanted 
you know, I wanted some income, but I also wanted some, how can I say, psychic income, you know, being able to do something and share things with people, but also being able, the most important job, take care of my children and raise them and be at home. So it kind of went hand in hand. Now my kids are gone and I still, I, I just liked so much, you know, talking and sharing with people <laughs> that I, I haven't stopped writing it. <laughs> Absolutely. We're recording this in August of 2020, for those of you listening, if you're listening to this uh, way in the future, just to give you a little bit of perspective. From where you've been through in this last year, Janice, do you have any overall advice for people out there for keeping sane and keeping out there and, and, and being active? Yes, hopefully if we're in the future, you don't need my advice. <laughs> hopefully for the keep- future's good enough. <laughs> I think, you know, uh, you read all those things. I think self-care is important, you know, because if you don't feel good, people around you aren't going to feel good. So taking good care of yourself will benefit not just yourself, but everybody. Of course, all the basics, drinking lots of water and going outside. They say that a lot of the uh, stuff... going on today, people just being able to go outside is a huge benefit, even for 10 minutes a day. Uh, I also think just staying busy, having a purpose. If you wake up and you have a purpose or something to do that day, it makes a big difference than, you know, if you're just binging um, Netflix. (laughs) But that could be your purpose too. If you set that as your purpose, I'm not going to put you down for that because I've already watched lots of Netflix. (laughs) And that's a whole nother podcast we can talk about. (laughs) But I think, yeah, just having a purpose, being busy, you know, trying to fill yourself up as best you can. But I kind of feel like during this COVID thing, I go three good days, one bad day. And I'm okay with a one bad day. I let myself kind of have it sometimes and then, but not too much. You kind of have to then snap out of it. <laughs> Drink some water, go outside, <laughs> smell some lavender. <laughs> That's great advice all around. It really is. I mean, so some of it's deceptively simple, but that it's really is what it's all about. And I appreciate you saying it. What could a listener do who wants to find out more about you and perhaps your uh, latest book, Beautiful Lavender? They can go to my website, JaniceCox.com, uh, my name.com. And they could also go to the Mother Earth News Magazine website because my books are on there. And there's also information. I have some videos there uh, with mother, my presentations through the Mother Earth News Fair Live. Okay, Mother Earth News Magazine Fair Live. So you can go on that. And um, I guess there's a, if you go to my website, you can message me and look for my books. They're everywhere, hopefully. They're on Mother Earth News and they're on Amazon. We'll have all those links in the description for anybody that wants to go and check that any of those things out. We really appreciate you coming on the show, Janice. Thanks so much for being on Grants Pass VIP. Oh, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And I like being on your show. It was so great meeting back up with Janice after having interviewed her before. There's a lot of things I really like about Janice. One is she's extremely creative. It's obvious by looking in any of her books, you go and check out her websites and so forth. But I also like how flexible she's been through the years. If you look at what she's been able to accomplish, and she's done it apparently without even putting off a sweat. She's just endlessly flexible. She wanted to do things like she was doing right now, but she was raising children. When they left the home, she was able to go out and do speaking and do things at a distance that she couldn't do before. As she was building things up and doing speaking, 
She got to the point to where she couldn't do that because of COVID-19. And so she started learning how to do things online, things that she wasn't familiar with, but she was willing to learn. That flexibility says a lot about a person's character, I think, and their ability to get things done. It's something we could all learn from. The last thing I really like about her is her passion and her desire to share her passion with others, uh, whether they be strangers or friends. She's just all about making and sharing skin and hair care products, which is really cool. The main thing she brought up was she said, good comes from all things. And I think that's a great philosophy to live by and think about. Join us again on the next Grants Pass VIP, brought to you by the team at brianjpombo.com. Helping movers and shakers in Southern Oregon and beyond stand out. That's B-R-I-A-N-J-P-O-M-B-O.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest or a sponsor on Grants Pass VIP, go to grantspassvip.com forward slash contact. Guests who appear on the show do not necessarily endorse the opinions of the host or sponsors. The theme music is Fun Shot by Kevin McLeod. Our host is a Grants Pass resident and business strategist, Brian Pombo. I'm executive producer, Shawnee Douglas. Until next time, live rogue and have fun.